welcome everyone to another episode of Marvelous or the Death of Cinema. On this very special episode, we have uh, Andy from those good old fashioned family values Hello. to tell us all about. That is not the name of my podcast. Oh, right. I put the family in by accident. Yeah, those good old fashioned values. I'm sorry. I can't believe I did that. I said fashion. I said old fashioned family values. uh, It's implied. It's it's an implied family values for a family type guy. All right, Andy's going to quit now. The first and only Family Guy podcast that has not watched an episode of Family Guy for a podcast in like a year plus. Um, I watched an episode of Family Guy last night. It was kind of mad, actually. Well, for the podcast, yeah. You're it always, wasn't for the podcast. It, it, yeah. it always finds your its way into your YouTube recommendations. I don't, I don't think I've seen an episode of Family Guy since the first Obama term at Damn. latest. That's a good stuff. They got, stuff. They got some Damn. good episodes out there. Some. Some. The modern, the modern ones aren't good. No. no. No, um, but at the hi guys, it's Nicole. Hi Nicole. At the at the top of the hour, I think we need to uh, we need to pay our respects. This is R.I.P. R.I.P. Java Jiga. <laughs> Posted too close to the sun. All right, that's really that's really loud. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man, some some loser up and got coal permed. Turns out you can't say. Turns out you can't say a lot of really inappropriate things to Matt Walsh. And uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. Uh, the, left, it was like leftism. F- yeah, which is which is clearly just a right wing grift account because like all of their posts yeah, are a- about like calling trans people like monsters. Oh, it's it's just libs of TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, it's a uh, libs clone. of TikTok wannabe. Lame. It, it was probably conservative Twitter that got called, but you never know. It could have been Leafy. It could have been Leafy's followers. I don't even like, know what a <laughs> Leafy is. is like Le- a Pokemon? Le- Leafy threw his fitted into the ring and got cold suspended. <laughs> he, he, he might have. I don't, he does, he does have, apparently have shooters at Twitter who got his, him like back on his account. <laughs> Uh, also, I beat the, the Terraria boss that I started uh, oh, nice. <laughs> during the cool. episode. Cool. Hold on. I was just like way off track. I mean, I guess you could say it's something that a turtle eats. What's what's a leafy? What's, oh, what's uh, Who's leafy? I, the, the very short explanation is 2016 annoying twink drama YouTuber who was gone for like four years. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Get him out of here. Keemstar, yeah. but he could pass as a woman. But even, oh, even then, he's like a guy from like you went to high school in like 2011 2010 with and so he's just like still sporting like the the emo guy haircut even though he's like in his 30s the like shitty fitted just like being a, a, a cooking troll, Get his ass. You know? he's not Get his ass. He, he, leave me is not cooking cooking some like by, by, by the way uh i'm curious about this I'm the oldest person on this podcast. I started high school in 2012, fall 2012. Well, no, no, not, no, 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 no,
<laughs> I have. I, I had a VHS. You, you held it up like the Ark of the Covenant. I have. I had a VHS up until I think Obama was was like second term or something. I got rid of mine before that. I think it was okay. You okay? Okay, but you don't know what channel surfing is. I know what channel surfing what are you is. Talking about? Of course, we had cable. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the same. Cable doesn't count because you're scrolling through a menu. I mean, like hitting a button and having like five seconds of a show appear on screen before hitting the button and going on to the next channel. Which was the style at the time? Yeah, uh, I'm that. assuming they watched Robot Chicken for their podcast as a <laughs> no, we have not. Affiliate. We have not. Really? 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 Even though Robot oh, Chicken yeah, is basically have. just Family Guy cutaway gags for like 15 minutes. Yeah, no, no, we did not. I'm glad we didn't because it's worse than Family Guy. R- Robot uh, Chicken, yeah, that, that show seems like it's probably like aged like milk. So I like Seth Green uh, when he shows up and stuff. Fun fact, he was Leonardo for a little bit. Oh. Really? We in not in this movie. No, no, in the first three seasons of the 2012 show. Oh, okay, yeah, because he 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 do got the hustle as the as a voice actor. Uh, we should on that note, we should probably talk about the turtles. So yeah, so I so they have huge penises. For our audience, I, I want to take you. I want to take you on a little journey here. I want you to to imagine a turtle. Now, now imagine that this turtle is a mutant of some kind. And it's it's the the approximate uh, uh, girth and uh, form of a man, but it's not a man. It's a teenager, and it's a ninja. I, I wouldn't say I, I don't know. They're way girthy. Approximate. I said approximate. And, and <laughs> also, so and also, did you know turtles have very long dicks? That oh yeah, oh, and yeah. like a suction cup, like mushroom. shockingly huge. The, the, shocking. Nicole just just needed to know what a turtle penis looks like, and and took us on a journey. They are at least fifteen to twenty percent of their body weight mass is fucking. It 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 really it really looks like what? this. Oh yeah, it's they're they're like one fifth penis. Well, I was just I don't know that statistically. I'm just look at some of the pictures you've shown. That's what it looks yeah, like. It yeah, looks, it looks like a significant that, amount of their yeah. body, and it like dead. flares out at the the head. It looks like that it's scene, like the alien face hugger. Well, no, no, kinda. it's like the thing. When it the in thing, the the, yeah. the the dog cage scene, and it's like got that unfolding oh, yeah, flower. It yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, a periscope. Yeah. It's like Rob like like turtle penises were designed by Rob Bodine, man. <laughs> But um, okay. So I should I should take a little bit in explaining why I'm here talking about. Yes, yes. Uh, why are yes. you here? Why are you on our show? Ninety TMNT movie, but more, more, uh, more broadly, the franchise on the whole. A little bit. Okay. So uh, a couple, like a month ago, at this point, I DM'd uh, Stu because I was like, "Hey, can I come in?" podcast calls on recently when you, you you're in my we've been on twitch together sometimes you've been in my chat on cold streams can i come on and it was like yeah i was like i've seen all the mcu movies up to end game so i could i could i could do that or i could um uh, and i brought this the, movie up as like a he was like doing the same things when he was doing and uh who <laughs> was originally like that's a great idea i want to talk about uh kevin eastman and his hot wife uh, in being in heavy metal 2000. Oh yeah, that, just just learning that like the whole era of heavy metal magazines I grew up reading was was under the the stewardship of uh, one of the co-creators of the Turtles, and that Julie oh. Strain appeared in the in the backs of all of them and in the movie because she was his wife was just I don't know just okay. kind of 
Yeah. Uh. So. So. Do you think he? Do you think he's packing? Do you think he's got that? Turbo? I mean, if he got a hot wife, he's got something. I don't know. So. Uh. So. So then. So. So then. Originally, Stu suggested that we do this as like a big, like the Spider-Man two-parter franchise overview, and I'm like. Oh man, that sounds like a great idea. But like looking through it, it's like that's a lot of work and a lot of like supplemental material, and, like production stuff. I wasn't quite finding the research yeah. that I wanted to as easily. So I suggest we do this instead. Yeah, well, um, when I, I when I said it didn't necessarily mean it had to be like that level of in depth, but like no, no, that we could just kind of skim because there's, there's, like, there's a lot. There's of a lot. There's also a lot of like the like there's, just there's a lot stuff, of but also shut up. There's also <laughs> like a lot of comics and. um like the spin-off stuff that I just have not looked at that I feel like would be important for this. So, uh, you know, cause did you know that, uh, for a brief, um, brief bit there for like 20 issues, uh, TMNT was under the stewardship of image comics in the nineties, like peak image. Really? That yes. It makes sense to me, honestly. Fun fact. Uh, I believe, uh, one of the turtles was dating a character from Savage Dragons called, Oh, that's um, that's so fun! I I haven't read Savage Dragon, but that makes that that just fits. There's a lot from of obscure shit uh, about uh, Savage do you, Dragon. Do you know? Okay, this might be the most obscure thing you've comic book thing you've ever referenced on this podcast. Uh, Cole, did you know that in issue eight of TMNT there is a crossover with a a character who was bigger at the time, uh, Dave Sims Cerberus. Yeah. Wait, I did. I actually oh, did. Oh, I've know. heard of Cerberus. Is that like that? Yeah. Was it, is that no one guy's ongoing the, uh, yeah. saga? It's, it's, you go. It's it's supposed to be like I, I just know little. I forget like little details. Like the guy's like supposed to be like really out there, kind of worldview and politics wise, and is is just been writing this well, one comic a, for like forty years, and it's like insane. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a libertarian pedophile, but he also wrote. Whoa, I, it's supposed to be what one a combo. Of, I mean, is there any other kind? Good, good news. Uh, he uh, apparently sometime in the late nineties was just like, no, you're not reprinting that the crossover issue anymore. Even though he worked on them with this, it's like it's done. And I was like, okay. Uh, also, biggest crossover, of course, is um, almost every version of the turtles crossed over with uh, Stan Sakai's Yusagi Yojimbo series. I also um, got to read that because it also which looks is good. Samurai Rabbits in feudal Japan, but also there's a space spinoff where it's that, but in space and it's space okay. samurai. Uh, anyway, okay, that's, I'm that's sensing a theme here of just animals being samurais, yeah. ninjas. Uh, Cerberus yeah, no. is also good, which is fucked up because yeah, the the uh, yeah, by his own admission, uh, Dave um, Sims has uh, violated the Man Act and transported a minor across state lines. Jesus Christ! But okay, okay. So I I suggested we do this movie specifically because uh, my initial thought was we do this, then we do the 2014 Bay movie. But I I, I think we could save that for a much lo- those I, for a much I, later. I, I I saw that once with my nephews and uh, I'll only I'll only watch it if it's just a cut of Megan Fox and only her scenes. Um, yeah, we can do. In fact, and this is just me spitballing live on air, but sort of like how. Uh, I would get invited on your podcast whenever a Ralph Bakshi episode run, uh, won the poll. We could invite you on whenever some sort of... Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the yeah. Kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, so I suggest we talk about this. And I think, like... Yeah, I, let's, let's talk about the 1990 
uh, TMNT movie. Do you want to start yeah. with plot synopsis or productions? I think that's a well, good spot. Should we could could we do like a quick, just like a very brief, just like the the oh, initial yeah, run of comics quick, um, and the cartoon because it's a popularity of the cartoon yeah, no, that no, brings explain. us this mo- can, movie. Yeah, we yeah. should, we should do a little background. The first five to six years of TMNT history. So uh, we start out. Our story begins in nineteen. 19- 82-83 in Northampton, New Hampshire. There's a New Hampshire? Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. It's, that's where Ken lives, you idiot. It's where my son is. Uh, uh, you have a son? Uh, fucking Ken, out of, fresh out of <laughs> oh. fresh six, uh, dropped out of art school after six months. Art student Kevin Eastman is working various odd jobs and uh, other things. Uh, for the time. And he gets a hold of this, like, indie, like, magazine slash comic thing called Scat, which is a bunch of, like, uh, basically a bunch of, like, artists in the area. I'm sorry, it's called Scat? So um, no, no poop do, stuff. Drawing turds. Do, no, uh, <laughs> doing, doing one-shots, basically. Like, oh, okay. Com- and the, the comic oh, sort of like Scat singing, where it's, like, improvisation. Like yeah, jazz. Um, it has nothing to do with poop. I'm the scout, <laughs> man. Uh, and then, and then, um, the, he wants to sign up, but they're done. But he gives him the, uh, the number of uh, fellow comic creator at the time, indie, indie guy who's also working on various odd jobs, Peter Laird. Uh, also, for context, Eastman's about 19, just dropped out of art school. Laird's almost 30 at this point. Um, oh, I didn't realize they had a, such yeah, an age like, gap. Yeah. Is, it, is um, it a problematic age gap? Sound off in the comments. Uh, he sends some stuff to to, to Laird. Uh, they meet up. They start working together. Um, actually, the funny story is, because I, I read some interviews and stuff, um, and uh, Kevin Eastman walks into Peter, to uh, fucking Peter Laird's house. First thing he sees is like a framed fucking Jack Kirby drawing, and it's just blown away because it's like the first time he's ever seen like like proper art an original like Kirby sketch. Uh, and, and so that, uh, so they, they get started. They, they pitch ideas back and forth. Um, I forget what the, the thing was that like got them. The thing is, you know, the thing is a fantastic four character. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but they, they, they come up with TMNT. Um, the, the things basically a parody of riffing off stuff at the time. A lot of joking on Miller's Daredevil run. A yeah. bit of New Mutant reference as well, because that was the other big thing. Uh, the first issue, actually, if you read it, it's very funny. It's very clearly doing, like, Cole, have you read that, that like, one-shot Daredevil parody comic that Alan Moore, like, wrote that is, like, a very funny, like... I think so. Yes, yes. The first issue of TMNT reads, like dead straight uh like like it reads like like that like making fun of uh the kind of narration and monologuing that um frank miller does a lot in his stuff but played completely straight uh i can quickly summarize yeah the the, 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 the joke being they're turtles i can quickly summarize what happens in the first issue of tmnt because i read it like two or three times before this so starts with uh our heroes fighting in an alley the uh, random gang, the Purple Dragons, uh, they they defeat them. 
through their ninjutsu action. Uh, then they return to their lair in the sewers of New York City, because they're in New York City, because that's where Marvel is. Um, yeah. They go to meet with their master Splinter, who re- reunites the origin history. So, uh, 20 years before, ni- so like 19, si- early 60s, in Japan, uh, the Foot Clan is an established, like, Yakuza connection that's also a ninja organization in post-war Japan. Uh, that's it. The, the, and there are three people that we need to Aroku Nagi, uh, Hamato Yoshi, and Tang Shen. Uh, uh, the two guys who are ninja for the Foot Clan both love Tang Shen. She falls for, uh, Hamato Yoshi. Um, uh, oh, so it's it's the whole thing like blows up, blows up over a, a love yeah. triangle, and then and then Shen That's kills cool. her. However, uh, and then they flee to New York. However, cut to seven year old Oroku Saki, who is raised in Japan by the Foot Clan, uh, embraces the hates and is given the opportunity to found the New York City branch of the Foot Clan and make it and make its money. Um, he heads over, uh, kills Hamato Yoshi. Uh, and and Tang Shen uh, smashes Shredder's cage and leaves him orphaned. You mean keep in, Splinter. Splinter? Splinter, yes. Um, now keep in mind, I don't know how this standard house rat was dead, been alive for like eight years old, which seems old for a rat, but that's oh yeah, the point. no rats have very short like so lifespans. Then, uh, a, a a chemical truck. It's a Japanese the rat. They live longer over yeah, there. They all uh, live for like 110 years. Yeah, have you seen that Buddhist they, monk? Yeah. A chemical truck uh, drives the down the road about to meet a blind man. It bounces out, hits uh, a 10-year-old uh, in the face who is legally distinct Matt Murdock and falls into the ooze and lands on uh, the, the, the jar of turtles he's holding. He likes turtles. I like turtles. And turtles... Uh, uh, are absorbed by the minions, and then and then Shredder goes to like pick them up and 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 try and get them back into their tank and clean them up, uh, and then they start mutating, they start growing, yeah. and they start speaking, and so he decides to teach them the ways of ninjutsu uh, in his master and names them after Renaissance painters. Yes, all right, yeah. That, so that's pretty close to the movie, aside from they they omit the love triangle. Yes, uh, yes, they they do not explain why. Shredder has beef with Splinter's former master at all. Which makes I have sense. a question. Yes. Why is it called the Foot Clan? Because the because ha- it's it's the the ha- Wait, oh, God damn it! I literally what that's that's something I would have asked Cole. So like, congratulations! You're Wait, I should know that. Oh my god! Andy, I literally until now had not put that together. That it's yeah, like it's literally I, just like oh I yeah, put it's that the together. Of the hand. And, I, and I've never read a Daredevil comic. Uh, so then, I, I uh, forgot that it was dead. I keep forgetting that this is just Daredevil Turtles. Cut, cut back to present day. Um, uh, the 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 Raphael breaks into the foot compound, kills a bunch of the ninjas, throws one of his sides through Oroku uh, Safi's uh, office window with, with like a threat as he's like. Uh, fucking doing a negotiation for a protection racket, uh, challenging him to a duel. So the following night, uh, the turtles wait for him, and then they, they sh- and then Shredder shows up with a bunch of foot ninja. Uh, the turtles in a big cool action sequence uh, kill all of uh, the Foot Clan, 
Um, oh, outright kill. Oh, outright kill. Outright, outright kill. kill with with swords and. Do I have? Uh, okay, I don't have the action sequence. But then, uh, that they, they fight the Shredder, who is uh more skilled than any of them. However, uh, they are managed to win him down by by uh, keeping him at bay, throwing projectiles, and sneaking attacking him from behind. They gut him, but they give him a chance to have an honorable death. Um, they hand him That's one nice of, of Leonardo him. hands him one of his katanas and tells him to commit seppuku. And uh, oh, just, you know, stabbing yourself in the heart. Um, Shredder says, fuck you, pulls out a thermite grenade. Uh, Le- Donnie throws his staff um, at him, knocks him off a building into an alley, and he blows up. And that's the the death cool. of the original Shredder. And then the comic and, ends and isn't he sleeping in the darkness. And isn't the only reason I know this is just because I've, I've seen the Red Letter Media review on the movie. But don't they? Isn't Shredder like brought back in the s- stupidest way? Well, with, yeah, like the, the alien worms, worms or uh, something the, the like worms, that. They they that's after where the, the movie's production starts. They came up with that. Yeah. But okay. Basically, uh, that's through the combination though. of ancient Japanese mysticism and modern technology, it turns out when worms eat matter, they absorb and become part of that. So what if you just like throw his body into a giant pit of worms? Recite some magic, and then you can make a new guy out of it. Uh, they get some failed yeah, worm guy. Yes, yes, it worm, makes no yeah, fucking guys, sense, so but it's cool. If and when I'm like shanked to death on the MBTA for like telling some guy to like put earbuds in because no one wants to hear like him blasting Dua Lipa at full volume, I want to hear just him throw my Dua dead Lipa. body to the worms, and I can be revived. So, Actually, wait, uh, it depends on the Dua Lipa album. So, uh, okay, I- quickly uh, <laughs> rushing through. Uh, the the rest of the issues. Um, issue two is the introduction of April O'Neil and Baxter Stockman. Uh, Baxter Stockman is black scientist man who was successful and has built the world's best rodent hunting machine, uh, Mousers, which I have uh, a visual aid for. Let me. Okay, yeah, this this Mousers. is Mousers. Anyway, I'm posting it in the, the group chat. Okay. Uh, this is what they look like. They're, li- they're little like bear traps on le- on with like little chicken bodies and feet. Uh, they're great. Um, they look like guy. They look like guys you jump on in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, uh, yeah, they look like robotic so, creations. So uh, he has his uh, assistant, who is not a journalist, April O'Neil, who helped program them. Uh, he turns out mysteriously notices there are a bunch of bank robberies that could only be committed by Mausers. Uh, so. Uh, that the, she she he like chases her into the sewer and confesses to him and has the Mausers kill her. Turtle show up and save her. They reveal their stick to him. They go back try and stop. St- oh wait, before this, uh, Stock Baxter Stockman of course threatens to tear down use the Mausers to, uh, you know he's he's not doing it professionally. He's he's hiding his face, but he uses them to threaten to destroy one of the World Trade Center towers. Um. Because That's it was, awesome. Because it was the eighties, and you could just do that still. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, we need to. We need to bring them back just so people can threaten to destroy so them. A- April. Is, I do is think. There, actually, do think we need to bring them back just because they were very nice looking buildings. Uh, I uh, actually, kind of now that you mention it, we I didn't see the ones. twin towers in the movie at all, and it's oh yeah, you're right. I was wait. I was waiting for That's for the, a shot of the of the turtles by the twin towers. That's because most of this movie was 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 shot in North North Carolina. But yeah, they, they stop Stockman. He dies. Yeah. Then they leave. 
Uh, then, roughly speaking, there's a big... Okay, so... Long story short, uh, Shred Splinter gets kidnapped uh, by weird aliens, which are, like, cuttlefish uh, that it, that have, like, human mech suits. I have a picture, again, visual aid. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember, like, what's that, the crane? This sounds fun. Wait. This, I keep telling you to read this shit. It's a big jump, though, from, like, Yakuza ninjas to Well, yeah, that's because they're big aliens. Jack Kirby fanboys. Oh, that um, makes sense, yeah. And they want to do sci-fi stuff. But, uh, let me... So they've never been aliens. No, they have never been aliens. They've met okay. aliens. They've fought aliens, but they themselves have never been aliens. That would... Okay, so these guys. Yeah, you're talking to about to a. Oh, I've watched crane. a couple episodes of the show, but yeah, the, 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 they're Utrons. Uh, anyway, uh, they go in, break into the 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 the, the front they're using because they're stranded on Earth. Uh, a big misunderstanding happens. They get teleported into space, tying into a previous comic uh, that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird had worked on, I believe, called The Fugitoid, um, which is basically <laughs> a guy got his brain transported to a robot, cool. and he knows, uh, and he's the only guy in, in that part of the galaxy who knows how to build a teleporter, so he's super wanted because, you know, you kind of want teleportation. Uh, the the not Star Wars like hu- the Star Wars humans but not humans try to arrest the turtles they escape but then they get captured by fucking triceratons uh, and are, taken are, to the are triceraton they, are, home. are they space dinosaurs let me let me show you and this and what the triceraton homeworld looks like and this is just issue two this is issue we are on is this is issue this stuff happens That's from what like I issue. Three through seven is it's carried out. That's why I'm kind of rushing through because it's not. Yeah, well, that's a pretty packed seven issues. Uh, yeah, no, it's well, they're they're a little plus sized, but yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the, that's the, such the a fun Utron- way to describe describe a giant so like, a, like an oversized oh, issue. Some, curvy. They got some junk in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, so, so then, um, it's not an annual. It's a thicky. Look! Look at the dumpster on that comic book. So the Utrams teleport them back, oh, explain that. their stick. They they're a- assaulted by the government, but they get their teleportation back working. So they get to their home planet. The turtles meet back up with April, who has just been devastated because you don't know what they are. Uh, and then they they meet back up, and that's kind of where the first seven issues are. Oh, also in between that, they're doing the micro series, which are standalone little issues about each characters. And in the first Raphael. Uh, micro series, they introduce uh, Casey Jones. Uh, ah, now the okay. shtick of Casey Jones in the comics, he is a Punisher joke as gone. The the, the oh, conceit of his original sense. backstory, they add more later, but like much later, uh, is that he's a guy, and it's the 1980s, so there's urban decay is a big um, a big problem. But he's also been had TV rot his brain, so he puts on a hockey mask and gets out some sports equipment and go beats up criminals. The cops can't do it themselves. Uh, <laughs> so then, so then, so then, Raph and, and Casey have the fight they do in the movie, but they realize like, ah, oh, no, we can we can do this a better way, and that's that's basically Casey's introduction. Uh, so then we get uh, some more uh, small one-off issues. Uh, there's uh, a Christmas issue for Mikey where. Um, he, uh, where he, he finds a cat named, uh, 
what is the cat's name again? Clank, I think, or something like that. Clunk. Yes, it's Clunk. I, uh, I, yeah, I should... love when people name cats just like after noises. Like uh, this is my cat Boop. This is Beep. <laughs> yeah, this is my uh, cat. Uh, and it's and it's a Christmas. The the conceit is that he finds some guys robbing a truck with toys meant for orphans so that they can uh, sell them marked up. And like he stops them and then gets a new cat buddy. That's a big crime uh, in comics. You, they, they do that a lot in the Spider Man PS4 game. Um, yeah. Uh, then oh, you're gonna like this one issue. Then, then we get to well, then we get to the the, the Cerberus crossover, which all which is mostly about uh, a female wizard apprentice, time traveling wizard apprentice named Renette, who's like an '80s Valley girl. Um, that, well, that's a lot for one. Kind, yeah, yeah <laughs> I it's, need her. It's a lot of an issue. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's not that important. It just they get transported to Cerberus's world. They fight uh, a villain who's a demon guy. They get sent back. Not that important. Uh, then we get to Donatello, uh, the micro, which uh, involves, okay, Donnie needs to go down to, because they're living in April's apartment because their old lair gets destroyed by the Mausers. Um, so Donnie has to go down to the basement to repair um, the, uh, the water, the water heater so that they can have normal showers. Uh, but then, then they, they run on. Uh, so, so the turtles shower. Yes, they need to pay. Okay. They're, they're that makes hygienic. sense. They're, they're aquatic. They're um, amphibious. And he runs across their long-ass dicks. You know? He runs they across do this a, guy. Um, yeah, you do not the, want uh, smegma lower, building up on lower that thing. tenant for the basement. Oh, no, not at all. Who has, who has a magic uh, pencil, and his name is uh, Kirby. Oh. Hmm, what do they mean by that? Yeah. The, uh, they they the, must have been the, fans of the, the, the pink blob guy from and, the Nintendo. And the, the <laughs> shtick of his magic pencil is that his anything he creates comes to life. Uh, so he has this, this I would, I would let Jack Kirby have that. Yeah, and then and then he gets sucked into the portal and they go and they have and, and basically they fight all the cool monsters he created with like the humanoid guys helping them, and Kirby draws all these cool weapons for Donnie to use and like defeats all the monsters. But then the end of the issue, uh, Jack Kirby uh, can only he can only uh, go back only one. There's only enough time to send one person back to the portal. So uh, Donnie goes back instead, and he's like, and, "But Kirby gives him like a, a note through that's that's this that's very sweet." Um, and it's and it's about the fact that, that Jack Kirby is finally with his art because this was like the, the, the comic was obviously written right at the peak of the Kirby legal issues and the kind of fucking him over. So, uh, so. Okay, yeah. It, it just sounds very kind of sweet in a, in a fanboyish uh, way. It sounds like they're throwing a lot of wild stuff out there in these. They are. They are. Yeah, they're they're like a very kitchen sink kind of. Yeah. I like it though. I'm, a de- I'm definitely going to have to It kind of makes sense. You've got this like one-off yeah. sort of, and a, and a lot joke of thing and it takes off and you're just like, well, okay, what else can we do with this? We'll, we'll get to that. Um, but then, um, uh, so then, um, so then we have issue nine, which is kind of, I'm, I'm just going to skip over that because it's, it happens. It's about, uh, 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 Splinter helping it, uh, another ninja master, uh, restore his grandson's honor from his evil corporate father. It's not important. Then we okay. get to Leonardo, uh, issue micro series, TMNT issue 10. And, uh, 
Is this where, Shred- where, Sh- where Shredder comes back? Is a, is yeah, a word so, they, so there's a, there's a quote, because in the Ultimate Collections, which is the, the TMNT, the Ultimate Collections, which contains the Mirage issue, there's a quote where Kevin Eastman is like, yeah, we're going to be better than all those fucking lame comics. When our villains dies, they're going to stay dead. But we, never <laughs> thought, but we never thought we'd get more than one issue. Um, uh, uh, so... <laughs> so, like... Leonardo issue one, it's it's Christmas time, okay? Uh, there's magic in the air. It's going outside. Leo goes outside to get some exercise, and he starts getting attacked by the Foot Clan while uh, April, Splinter, and the other turtles are, like, doing Christmas merriment uh, in the background. You know, they're, they're making a tree. They're singing carols as more and more Foot Ninja attack him. Uh, there's Arrow guys, the Foot Elite's. Uh, become important for City of War, which is much later, which we don't have time for right now. Wait, did, did Splinter raise the Ninja Turtles vaguely Christian? Because mm. from Japan. Well, it's a secular holiday. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's Xmas. Um, we're, we're, yeah, so they, d- they attack Don't forget, him, he's the reason and then, for the season. And then it turns out, and this and all of Leo's stuff is, is wordless, you get this, this great... Uh, fucking panel where the Shredder comes back and he reveals himself to Leo and they have a fight and then cut to next page where Leo, having gotten his ass kicked, gets his his barely conscious body thrown into a window um, and reveals to the rest of them that the Shredder is back. Cut to issue 10, which is the part in the apartment. It's, it's a bunch of foot ninja jump them. Um... Uh, they they I, have to make their way downstairs. Quietly. I, I do want to just—it's a little hard to convey vocally, but there is one panel in this page where it's like um, I don't know if that's supposed to be blood or, or what is like coming out over, spilling over the the edge of I the panel and down into the the uh, yeah. The I think the page. It's, it's, it's pretty both, good. It's both like sleet on the ground, but it's also I think supposed to be interpreted as blood as well. Okay, because uh, he's gotten the shit beat out of him at this point. Um. I don't know how comprehensible this summary is, but I'm trying my best so we can get it's, it. Well, let's just like like just make it just like like a couple key like because we're we're yeah, gonna compare yeah, this is the last uh, page story and then we'll get into the, the the production side a little bit and the well, seven cartoon. Yeah, um, after this, I wanted to touch briefly on the cartoon because I, I think we should oh, yeah, understand that's, that's the movie is kind of a synthesis of the two. Yeah, on, yes, yes, that's where I was planning. Anyway, so then so they come down and then we get maybe the single greatest panel. Like, as a two-page spread. This was my Twitter banner for a while. Uh, where the turtles, like, come down the stairs. and they go guys, like to go, And then they... And it's, it's Shredder <laughs> and a bunch of foot guys uh, coming back um, around. And uh, and they get, get their way out. But up comes uh, this, this mysterious stranger who turns out to be Casey Jones comes in to help them. They don't have this in the movie, but he has the iconic battle cry. They have the iconic battle cry of Goongala Goongala. Huh? Oh, what is that? What is that? It is just, I don't know. I don't know why he says it. Eastman and Laird do not remember. They think it's a thing they saw on TV once. Anyway. Goongala Goongala? Yeah, he fucking shouts that. They get out of the bar, the apartment burns down, and they flee to Casey's hometown, uh, where Kevin Eastman and uh, Peter Laird are of Northampton, New Hampshire, 
And they're there in the comics for like three years. They come back and re-kill the Shredder, but that's after the movie. And I don't want to spoil too much for Cole because I want him to read this. Um, one one thing that I, I want to convey for this is that this comic is Eastman and Laird's. Um, they would like pass uh, the comic back and forth and like both do drawing and shading over each other's work and like add and stuff. So oh, that's it, really that's a really interesting way yeah, for that's, that's, artists that's how, to work. And it was black and white because it was a budgetary thing for their first issue because they're like they don't have enough money to do a full. Yeah, most comic, so most indie comics up until the two thousands were black and white because it was just too expensive. Yeah, because then you can do digital shit. Um, and there, the one final thing I want to talk about is that this comic is this quote uh, that I have by uh, that Eastern recalls in the the TMNT Ultimate Collection, which is probably the best way to read these. Because they have all the canon Eastman Laird stuff in Volume One, minus Tales of the TMNT. Uh, so this was so TMNT was a quick success in the in- indie comic scene. The first issue sold about nine thousand copies. However, by issue three, they were selling about fifty to fifty-five thousand copies. That's pretty good. Which was more than enough. That's, uh, that's to insane. live off of. To quote yeah. Peter Laird in the wake of issue two, do you realize that we'll make about two thousand dollars each on a fifteen hundred comic run? After everything's paid, if we did six of these a year, we could get by by, get by by just doing comics. Which that that's I think the joy of being an indie comic writer, or just a, like any creators going, oh shit, I can do this full time. I can I I, I I can I get the money. Okay, so eighty seven cartoon was a different piece. So um, originally they Eastman and Laird. Uh, approached uh, Playmates Toys. Hold on. I need to look something up. Okay. They approached um, uh, Playmates Toys with a guy named uh, Mark Friedman um, who did a lot of the merchandising rights and has has his name on a lot of like, the video games and stuff. Ah. Um, he, he wanted to, to get them into a franchise. And Playmates. And, they, and Playmates said, maybe, but we want to do, like, a more kid-friendly cartoon. So they met up with Fred Wolf's animation stu- Irish animation studio, Murakasa Wolf uh, Swenson, or Fred Wolf Studios, uh, or Fred, sorry, Fred Wolf Films. Um, they said they're uh, Irish? Yeah, in Dublin, Ireland, uh, as, a, as a production company. Um, between uh, Fred Wolf and Jimmy Murakami, uh, and they, they did a bunch of TV stuff before that. They did some of the Alvin and Chipmunks. They did Cal, uh, they basically were like an, and, and, um, Wolf had worked on like a bunch of like 80s plotline. Like he, he did some of Transformers scripts. He did, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. He was a workhorse. So, uh, so if the Koreans are a little too rich for your blood, you go to the Irish. Yeah. Well, uh, and then they, <laughs> yeah. they had the first two seasons were done. By Toei, and some of the animation was done uh, by uh, by uh, Korean animators as well. But a mix. But they were the main like production for writers for the show. Eastman and Laird did not have much involvement with the. With oh, the, so the show. oh, they're 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 like the oh, they're like the the creative team, and then they outsource the animation to yes, Korea. Yes, and okay. specifically to Toei in 1986, which it's always weird to me to think. Oh yeah, Dragon Ball and Ninja Turtles are like as old as each other. Came out the same year. Um, oh, they probably have not the same amount of fans. Yeah. Um, so 
So the, the, they, they initially create... So the, the, the show takes off in this way, in that the first season is five episodes, which is a, a continuous storyline. The second season is like... 13? And then, because by season three they wanted to hit that syndication number... Season three, I believe, is over fifty episodes. That's a oh, huge okay, yeah. jump! That's Holy shit! Those, and that's those that's poor when the animators. animation and like production. Let me let me look how many. Yeah, forty-seven. Yeah, those poor. And then season <laughs> and then and Holy then season shit. four has forty-one. Uh, the the fir- uh, resulting in a hundred ninety-three episodes for their first show, which until Rise, ev- all three of the uh, TMNT cartoons had over a hundred episodes. So they they all. Had their own successes. Um, so that 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 cartoon runs until that's like eighty seven to like ninety or ninety two or something. No, later than that. The, the, really? the final three season, the final episode airs ninety six. Holy, Holy shit! shit. I, I I like don't really remember ever watching or seeing the cartoon come on. It was like something that my big sister watched. Well, by, who's by, like quite uh, a bit older. For the, the last three seasons, it was when it was started like falling behind in production or like because as the show goes, like season one is kind of still going for like a toned down mirage a little bit with like its own flair. By season two and three, that's when they start like doing goofy shit and it's mostly comedy. And, it's, like, it's 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 full blown. 80s kids cartoon yeah yeah by, that uh, by 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 the last three seasons which are collectively heard uh called the uh, red sky arc uh because they have red sky like batman in the animated series basically batman in the animated series a started eating their lunch and so they needed to make something a little more action a little sci-fi up but yeah from like that, that, that would make sense because batman made series really kind of was a bar setter for yeah from like yeah. seven. Also funny yeah, because Turtles was a big uh, deal for like seven seasons. Um, the, the Red Red Sky is like a, a usually refers to the the crises in DC are usually oh that's uh, involve a red red sky so it's funny. Uh, yeah, they introduce new villains. That's not anyway. The 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 long and short of it is the big changes they make is April's a TV reporter, so you have her news crew. Um, Hamato Yoshi is not uh, a guy who gets assassinated in gang warfare uh, anymore. He becomes, he is Splinter in the 87 cartoon, uh, mutated into a rat because he touched a rat after the mutagen. The turtles are still turtles. Um, and that's not to be turned into a rat. The Utroms get kind of absorbed I would hate that, actually. Krang as a character who is... Uh, a uh, uh, an evil conqueror who was banished from his home dimension of Dimension X and wants to build the Technodrome, which is like the Epcomp Dome on wheels, and it also has a bunch of space weapons sticking out of it. Um, yeah, there's a, pub, pu- a bunch of Public Enemy songs about it. Wait, no, that's, uh, that's the Terror Dome. What's the um, difference? Wait, what, what was that? So it's it's kind of it's just kind of like a shitty Death Star. Yeah, kind of on wheel, but it's on tank wheels. It's on tank wheels. Sorry, it's, uh, it's, uh, it sounds really dangerous. Yeah, definitely uh, take the, conquer the world with that. The, the gimmick is every season the turtles destroy it and it gets teleported into a new location that they're stuck in for the rest of the season. Uh, and, and then the goal is to try and prevent the tech to drop from getting out. Anyway, uh, they also have uh, mutant henchmen to work under Shredder and Krang. B 
Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, yeah, like one's like a rhino and one's like a boar or something. War troll. Yeah, and they're both um, like black guys. One of them's black. Uh, one of them's a black they, guy. They, they were very oh, black. Oh, we don't have to make it about race, Cole. Come oh, speaking they, of they making were, they it were, about race. They had like chains uh, and stuff. Remember how I brought up uh, <laughs> comic Baxter Stockman and he was an evil black scientist in the original? Yeah. In the 87 cartoon, he is a white guy. <laughs> So is that good or bad representation-wise? Yeah. I think the yeah. explanation I'm say somewhere I heard in the is because... <laughs> good representation cause, cause is when, when cartoon, characters are good people. Uh, Stockman is getting his shit kicked in by Shredder and is working, and they didn't want to have a black guy on TV be like, weak-willed and diminutive to... Uh, oh, yeah, guys. and probably... And what year was this? Because I wonder if it was also like... 87. The, the rot... Okay, so no, this is like before the Rodney King. Yeah, no, this is way before. Um, Goddamn woke culture ruining our cartoons during the Reagan administration. I hate stupid liberals. They're so ignorant. They don't know anything. So they, 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 at the end of either season one or season two, they also have him turn into a mutant fly because he's kind of a riff off the Jeff Goldblum fly remake in the 80s cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um, And that's... And he gets really shit on. It's very funny. He is one of the most miserable characters. Um, that's basically the rough history. There's a lot of other characters they create who are original. Uh, so original if, if we were to zoom out in terms of the cartoon versus the comic, what are kind of like just like sort of like more like tone and oh, texture? Also, some of, the, some of the big things they added to the turtle's personality. Uh, in the original Lodge comics, even though they're all black and white, all of the turtles have the same red hand headbands in the original. Uh, whenever they do color reprints, you can see that on the front cover. I remember that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they color-coded them, which is, makes also, a lot of sense for selling toys. Yes, yes, which does. Uh, and also... Um, oh, oh, this is not even here. there. In Britain, it's made um, to TMNT Hero Turtles, and also... Uh, what Mikey for like most of, for like the middle chunk of seasons has his nunchucks replaced with a grappling hook because of British censors being ca- like a weird British guy who was super xenophobic in like Parliament or whatever. I forget the specifics. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, some weirdo was in charge over there, and like that was when they were like really freakishly censorious on on yeah but why the so you've got like swords and shit why the nunchucks the nunchucks are like the, the, the silliest goddamn some, weapon in I the world i think it was because nunchucks are more eager, easier to conceal or something i forget uh-huh. the specifics but it was weird it's like um, the least yeah, threatening was, weapon it's like sub a baseball bat yeah um, there was something up with that i forget the rat, what the, yeah the like, nunchucks you know, were illegal and Donatello still have the same personality, roughly, where Leo is Mr. Leader and Donnie is tech guy. Mikey is, he's still always kind of the, the, the John one. By the way, forgot to mention, he is not Mikey in the Mirage comics. He is Mike. And that is weird. Oh, Mike. Oh. Mike. Big Mike. Slamming back oh, a brew. Big, 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 big dick Mike. Literally big dick Mike. And, and also, and also, I, this is another thing. After the first issue, from... After TMNT issue one to, I believe, the IDW comics, every single single incarnation of Michelangelo has his name misspelled, where I think there's an extra E somewhere. I forget the the details. That's the Um, French spelling. Yeah, I will say that. Um, So, so, because this is before, like, the 87 cartoon 
was a big juggernaut. In fact, I think the Ninja Turtle toy line was the third biggest toy line of the entire decade behind Star Wars and maybe Daniel Jones. What was the other thing? Transformers, um, maybe? Maybe Trans G.I. Joe, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, because I like because like, it's like like Ninja, Ninja Turtles was like my big one of my big sisters things, and she was old enough. She was like Transformers and like that era, um, mm. and she, that was the reason we had the 1990 movie on tape, which was my main exposure to the characters. Yeah, yeah. really. Um, so, but overall, though, like the cartoon is at least past those first five episodes, which vaguely sort of also the big pizza exception yeah. comes with the cartoon. Oh, the pizza um, thing comes in the cartoon. Okay, and 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 and, and Raph is the angry guy. He's the snarky one in the car- cartoon. But yeah, that's that's He's blows sword. up and crits. So then, cut to about 1987. Uh, Eastman and Laird decide, okay, we're going to go for a movie thing. Oh, by the way, this is neither here nor there. Eastman and Laird uh, in Mirage's peak in like the 90s, spending five millions of dollars in the year, including. Uh, Fred Wolf got into a very personal mean lawsuit with uh, Eastman Laird over rights. I believe he wanted half of all merchandising uh, Jesus. income, which is no, as co-creator of the Turtles. And I we, I haven't seen anything definitive about how that lawsuit ended. Um, I'm assuming they just paid him a lump sum since they own most of the stuff, but when Viacom bought the Turtles, they had to piecemeal kind of buy out some of the rights for, like, the 87 show and uh, some of the other things. Uh, also, so, yeah, so, so also this... the, uh, the, the Heim Saban um, next mutation, I'm just going to bring this up recently, that was the thing that uh, got Eastman and Laird to break up and, and Laird to sell his, his control of the company to uh, or Eastman to sell his control of the company to Eastman because he was pissed and hate Laird hated the fucking show. Uh, it did really well. Right, hold on, hold on. I got it. That that came out kind of garbled. So okay, yes. Yeah, which which uh, Eastman and Laird? Which one was the one who backed this uh, next mutation, which was like a bad live action bad, Power was, Rangers yeah, yeah. sort of? Yeah, it was. Deal? It was done by Han Saban. Imagine Power Rangers, but with none of the Super Sentai footage. Um. Like, it's just that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, to clarify, Fredo, in the audience that might not know, if you remember Power Rangers from your childhood, which none of you will because you're all goddamn Jewish. No, they kept making um, that shit until, like, 2014. Yeah. No, we got, we but, got uh, enough millennials. It's, it's, half, it's half stuff that they shot in Los Angeles and then half just footage that they took from a, a, a Japanese show and yeah, just stitched uh, together, which I don't know if everybody knows. Introduced uh, a fifth turtle. A female one to the gang. Ooh. And I the fuck. <laughs> Shut up, Cole. Not really. Uh, Shut up, Sue. Yeah, I like how you I, immediately heard Horny and we're like, Shut the fuck up, Cole. Uh, <laughs> actually, wait. So, is the suit actor a white woman? I I forget. Um, but yeah, next mutation happens, and that's that's how he's been uh is not involved with the turtles at all until uh the, the Viacom buyout in 09, which Laird does, because he's like, I'm old, I made uh, all the things that I really want to. I'll just sell this shit. He's cashing out. Yeah, um, yeah good for him. But let's, get, get so let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's summarize. Go, after all of that, after all that. So then we get to yes, the we're, um, Yeah, okay, so yes, I, I just, just want to... an hour in. <laughs> I just want to summarize and set the stage a little bit. 
Uh, so we have this comic, which is relatively, I don't know if I'd call it edgy, but it's like more teen or yeah, uh, it's, oriented. It's, not, it's, it's, the, it's, it's not violent and kind of out there. Um, but it's not like Saturday, 80 Saturday morning cartoon fair. So it, it becomes this indie hit. Uh, that's like purely this creation of these two artists. Uh, they sell it to a toy company, which makes a cartoon that they're not involved in that very quickly just becomes your kind of typical yeah. and they, and they toy, sh- car- toy commercial slot. So then they pursue a live action movie that they will have more say that that's prompted well, by the success of the cartoon, but they'll have relatively more influence. They, over. Were, they were consultants. They, neither of them were writers. Um, it was, they, they pitched it around uh, to, it, because this movie is technically an indie movie, and fun fact, highest grossing indie movie in the world until Blair Witch yes. Project. Really? Yes, oh, that's really that. interesting. It yeah, it was made on like a, what was, hold on, I have and to I think budget. about it, re- remembering the VHS tape, I don't remember any like studio the, logos coming up. Uh, it was released by New Line, which was Golden still like was and, and New the house that Freddy, Freddy. Krueger built. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. came in at the end. This was right at like I think they were only at like Nightmare Part Three or Four at this point, so they weren't like a giant. It was late. It was later in the the franchise, is like towards the end of it. But yeah, no, the budget uh, according to Wikipedia, this was. Thirteen point five million total box office, at least. In, it was only I don't think this is adjusted. Million. They were four million over budget. Uh-huh. Yeah, a total box office two hundred and two million dollars. But yeah, um, so 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 they oh, that's shoot. massive. They managed to get director uh, Steve Barron, who was not well. Okay, first off, they didn't get any. Sorry, what was the what was the overall budget? Thirteen million. Uh, oh, that's it, okay. Yes, that's about a RoboCop. Yeah, that's a uh, Robocop. So, that's kind of how yeah, we measure, measure budgets and, is, is Robocops. And, and yeah. they pitch it around the studios, and none of them want them because of, of the failures of two big movies. Because remember, this is pre-89. Comic book movies are fucking dead. Um, yes. Like Superman One of them was 4, Masters of the Universe. Superman 4 almost bankrupted canon at this point. Um, or did bankrupt. Anyway, Masters of the Universe is one of them. Do you know what the other one is? It's a movie that you're going to have to talk up, uh, talk about at some point, 100% guaranteed. What's that? Would you like to guess? Uh, we, we sh- let's guess. Let's guess. Uh, uh, Dick Tracy? Cole? No. Wait, no what, year was it? what year was Dark it? Man? No. No, not Dark Man. The Dark Man's also 1990. It was, it was mid-80s. Oh, mid-80s. Mid-80s. Oh, oh which one? Oh, Howard you- the Duck? Yes. Oh, <laughs> duck tits for the win! Yeah. Haven't you guys already done an episode on that, or am I tripping? No, no. that should be a bonus. Yeah, that would be a great we bonus episode. Um, we yeah. can put it on we the bonus about it episode briefly during the Guardians episode, yeah, though. That had Lucas, I think, production involved in some. He, way. he was a producer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard yes, the all over that movie. He did nothing. And directed by the couple that did Messiah of Evil, which is a really great horror film from the seventies. So it's sad their career went the way it did. Uh, and then, so none of none of them wanted it. They managed to uh, get director Steve Barron because by just like he doesn't want to do it at first. He like thinks it's a stupid idea. Gets a hold of some of the comics and is like, oh, okay, there, there's like meat here. By the way, Steve Barron, not that acclaimed of a director. Mostly, um, I think the only other big thing he did was the uh, SNL like parody film 
Uh, Coneheads. Coneheads. We come from France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the director of Coneheads made this movie. But the, the big thing he's known for are two music videos, one of them being the Billie Jean music video. Oh. And the bigger one is, of course, Aha. Take, Take On Me. me. On. Uh, which is me, one of the greatest. Oh, that is that is an awesome music video. That is yeah, a really is. great music video. One of the video. greatest, literally one of the greatest of, of all time. Movie with like the the April sketches. Um, anyway, so they they managed to to talk Golden Harvest, who does like Kung, uh, who's a big vocalizer Kung Fu movies, to get some money from them, uh, uh, because um, what's uh, Steve Barron, director. Uh, did some, some work on a show Jim Henson would, had on ABC in the 80s. The Storyteller. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, I that. love The Storyteller's great. I love The Storyteller. I watched, so, I watched reruns of that as a kid a lot. That's that's how... Um, that's how... Uh, he's he's, he's that's connected how they to... Get, uh, they get uh, the Henson Company. And this he's, is the he's, final he's also credited as an executive producer on Reboot. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Steve Barron or Yeah, uh, Steve Barron. Okay. That's neat. Uh Jim Henson um he doesn't like the project because he thinks it's a little too violent and he's kind of a pacifist, but he's like, okay, he does it for friend of the band. And that's how you get the uh the animatronic suits, which are a pain in the ass to work with because you're dealing with electronics and sewer. Also, most uh, only a very little of this film is uh shot in New York. It's mostly like a recreation of an eighties Post bankruptcy, like uh, street corner that they that they took the set down to for um, in uh, in North Carolina. That's where most of the filming, and that's why uh, Northampton, New Hampshire, has all of this southern plant life and fauna. It, yeah, it is very very lush with the the, the, the drapey willowy trees and stuff. Yes, that, that, that makes is, a lot of sense. Yeah, it does that look is like not the south. What a, a fucking New England forest looks like. Um, no, no, it did. It, it so don't. they shoot that, and then it is a uh, eighty nine comes out in uh, mid production, which definitely I think helped this movie in success. You, you mean Batman nineteen eighty nine? Yes, Batman eighty nine. That's just what I call it. It's eighty nine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Batman eighty nine. I mean, yeah, Batman Diamond, OG. You know, uh, fucking Last Crusade also again, but like Batman eighty nine is the movie of nineteen eighty nine. Not the best movie, just. Oh yeah, no. It's it's easy to forget now after so many other Batman have come and gone. How huge that movie was in its yes. time, like uh, massive. And it comes out, and the movie is the reason why people think that Batman is cool. Yeah, pretty much. Um, to the world, uh, was a joke. At least, yeah, the they mostly just the... thought Adam West Batman. And they, uh, they they. And they're like, oh, they're super overbooked, and like, they need this to be a big hit, and it fucking is. It is again, as we said, this the the biggest second, uh, the biggest indie movie of all time at the time, um, and uh, the 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 you know, and is probably like like second or third now, yeah, biggest of the year, uh, big success, going to make sequels, uh, the second movie has kind of the Batman Forever problem of parent groups were mad about the swearing and violence, so it's it's goofier and doesn't look yeah, as great. Yeah, they replaced, like, nunchucks with, like, sausage links. Yeah. Oh, right. Added, I, like, yeah, they, like, can't, I remember seeing them reference that in the RLM videos. Like, they can't use any other weapons, so they keep yeah. improvising prop fights. 
Those hooks. That sounds and awful. They, and it's 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 okay for a movie that was scrambled together in eleven months. Um, three's dog shit, but that's beside the point. So I've spent the past hour monologuing somewhat incoherently, kind of taking the spotlight. Sorry if that was uh, a bit Sorry. much. M- Miguel, Miguel will fix it in editing. It's okay. That's what we brought so. here to do. Miguel, Miguel, make this sound less spurgy. No. I don't like sand. I'm a sweater snake a snake. We're gonna we're just a big knob just a big knob labeled autism. We're just gonna turn it down about fifteen percent. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, you can do we do we cut the ums and ahs on this? I actually have uh, not a little bit. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you don't need to cut off. Miguel stuff. cleans that's it up. I it off. Um, but I, I still sound like an incoherent airhead, but that's just me. What I was what I was gonna say is all right. I think because we kind of already did a lot of the plot synopsis since I I went over the comic arcs that this movie is directly adapting in a lot of ways. I mean, there's still stuff. So I'll just open the floor to you. What yeah, did you I'll, think I'll, I'll take story? a crack at summarizing the movie. Go ahead. Um, yeah, you're, 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 better, you're yeah. better at this job than I ever was. So actually, I could pee too. So maybe we'll take a quick intermission. Turtle penis in my anus. Turtle penis in my anus. Turtle penis in my anus. Semen in my colon. Oh, please... Miguel, please clip that and loop it as like a little interlude. We're we're asking a lot from Miguel. <laughs> That's okay. We'll start paying him eventually. I, I also like I, I I'm I'm sorry if I went a little too hard. Like feel free. No, to no, don't me. don't worry about okay. it. Uh, okay, yeah, because I've been rereading a lot of this stuff, and it 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 was it because I I would like like I've always been a fan, but I haven't been like this this like watching and reading uh turtle stuff in a while and it felt good to go back through and check like i also did the idw comics checked out some of the cartoons again just to as a general refresher all you know i always meant to do on my old show that we could maybe find an excuse to do at some point what uh uh, ken penders speaking of idw because they do the Sonic. No, was that Archie was the Sonic yes, comics? Yes, uh, Archie yeah. also had a TMNT run that had like Mirage guys working on it as well. Uh, they never did a crossover though. Uh, oh, Stu, you just want an excuse for us to watch Riverdale, don't you? God. What does that have to do with Riverdale? Well, oh, I, I guess Archie. Archie no, no, I just fun, Ken Penders is just like a weird, weird guy, and I just fun, find it kind of interesting. Fun, fun fact about uh, Archie Sonic is that. Uh, that shit got canceled partially because all of the old, um, uh, all of the old authors had their contra- original contracts burned in a fire, so wanted to uh, repitch for rights of characters again. And part of it was because Archie just wanted to fucking push Riverdale. Uh, so I'm still oh. a little mad at show for that, but yeah, yeah, it's IDW that has Sonic now, right? Yeah, yeah, that immediately it was it was a pretty smooth transition, but that's beside the point. Um, IDW and Boom are like the only two that actually like do IP now. Now that Dark Horse like lost all their IP. Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh no, I was thinking a Top Cow used to have a Tomb Raider I, comic. IDW, IDW did lose Transformers yeah, recently, t- but TMNT and Sonic are both hanging on. Yeah, so. who who the fuck is Transformers now? Isn't it I Boom? think it's Marvel again. I don't know. No, it's not Marvel. Let me check. Uh, uh Boom. There is no current uh, G.I. Joe or Transformers. Hasbro's doing a real good job managing that brand, right? Like, man, it's so fucking stupid that they're still like, it's kind of Bayformers and kind of not. 
with the new oh, yeah, PS4 thing. And it's like, that, like fucking, either do it, like, if you're not going to have Bay in the people again, just fucking reboot the continuity. Wait, have, have, have you have you watched, because it's, it's so before your time in terms of, like, when it was actually on TV, have you watched Beast Wars? No, I've I've seen a bit, but I have not. I watched. I loved that show as my, a little kid. The, the, that I, was I, I, my I've era. seen a bit of Armada, and I watched a shit ton of animated as a kid. I've heard good things about Prime as well. I see the thing about Beast Wars is I didn't know what the Transformers were. Okay, so I actually know that from lore wise. Would you like to know? So. Oh, I know now. It's like they landed on Earth oh, yeah. a billion years ago. Like I, 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 I remember tr- learning about the Transformers, stumbling across old toys, and my big sister would mention it because she was an '80s kid. And yeah. like they had a plot at one point in Beast Wars where it's like they dug up an Autobot, and it was like being like six, seven, or eight years old, and like piecing together like, oh, this is related to this other thing that I yeah did. Yeah, because basically um, the first episode of G One is they leave, they go crash on Earth in ancient times. And then they're stuck there for a million years. And it turns out in between the two points, there's a whole show that happened. Yeah. Or they were the, what was it? The, 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 uh, the, the Predacons and yeah. prime, prime, man, I don't know. It was a long time ago. I bet. Any, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Anyway, uh, anyway, turtles. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta talk. More turtle talk, please. Time so, to talk about the actual fucking movie. Yeah. Let's talk about this it, actual movie. So, Can I so ask the, the movie opens, this, and it's this like hazy, I love hot. Yeah, New York is just kind of like it has it's a little slurry. like a lethal weapon energy or something. Almost like that kind of like crime action movie feel in its opening. And uh, it, what I love is like so the, yeah, the Foot Clan, the the scary Japanese. Uh, Yakuza ninjas have arrived in New York. They've uh, uh, Shredder's just recruiting uh, latchkey kids to become ninjas, so Which that they can steal, it's, it's so they can like steal TVs out of the backs of vans. And that's well, kind of like yeah, the only crime like a, they do. <laughs> yeah, do you get to see the 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 redheaded kid? Uh, what's what's his name? Just Danny. like steal an old lady. Yeah, steal an old lady's wallet. Just the and it's like it's petty, like the way this juvenile delinquency is so serious. Like it's like a like a forties noir movie, the, but like all the gangsters are like thirteen year old boys who are dressed in like the most like late 80s early 90s drips so, you can like imagine they, they, all, they all look like john connor's friends from terminator say, 2 on <laughs> one yeah. they do the foot, yeah, clan so being mo- the foot clan being mostly teenagers that shredder's grooming is a thing exclusive to this movie um the the well, they should thing, bring it back yeah no it's not a bad idea the other thing is, I always assumed that, like, the TV and stuff was, okay, we need to get the teenagers hooked and hang out with me and, like, devote their lives and, and distract them before we can start really getting into real fucking crime. Smuggling heroin or, or whatever it is we're actually yeah, going to do. Yeah, and Yeah. Um, I, I love that they have, like, an awesome hangout that's, like, an arcade uh, you know what but it, but the arcade is also a skateboard park where people are like skateboarding on ramps above the arcade. Where if you fall, you're just gonna yeah. like snap that, the neck of a dude playing uh, narc. Yeah, not a <laughs> not a phone in sight, just guys you, hanging out. You know what that that place always reminded me of the uh, the fucked up 
it just, it's, it's, it's a Tony Hawk level. Well, the the fucked up uh, amuse. It's the modern version of the fucked up amusement park slash uh, slave camp from Pinocchio. Oh, what's that place? Um, um, no, no, I'm thinking of what was it? Sin Island. I don't remember. That, I haven't seen yeah, Pinocchio. So it's get turned. Well, that's in, yeah. They, continue. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we've got our intrepid reporter April O'Neil with her like peak she's got like that like late 80s uh female lead physiognomy that you don't really see anymore with like a kind of like really defined bone structure yeah. and the perm like judith, you don't see the perm let's, let's judith shout out to judith hogg uh or hogue I'm, I'm notoriously the one who mispronounces it all the time but like she was just so charming and so she's, like yeah, she's very charismatic uh, in she this has, movie. Like, the, the most like gorgeous smile. Yeah, she too, is. Like, she does like, not perfect teeth. She does she's not very come back for the sequels because uh, they did not want to give her the right amount of money. She wanted to come back. That uh, that they're like lo- I mean, fuck you, filmmakers. You know, like ha- like you lost, you lost a dime. Most of the cast. She's is- a dime. Movie or animatronics and and a guy in a mask. So you need you oh, need sure. her and and Casey Jones to be uh, in, in endearing actors and characters because they're the yeah. only like actual human beings you're looking at for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think they're both quite good. I think they're both very watchable and very yeah. d- delivering at they, the level of the material in the right way yeah they get they get good like screwball comedy style like flirting back and forth banter like this is jumping ahead a little bit but i think specifically the little exchange um at the farmhouse yeah like, just before he sits de- yeah. just before he sits down on the bench that just completely falls. was do you think that was like meant to happen or like they didn't tell him it was going to happen because he seems genuinely surprised. Uh, I'm not it, sure. Yeah, he kind of looks around like, what? <laughs> he seems like, like really genuinely like, caught off by that. Uh, shitty fucking uh, like farmhouse swing porch. Yeah, that could be. It's a great yeah. set. It Actually, also, I like that yeah. farm, our, our farm interlude a lot. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I can talk about this now. Just bring up, hey, you do an MCU movie podcast. Have you ever heard of another movie where at the end of the second half, after our main heroes get their asses kicked, uh, a ally who has not been in the movie before oh. turns out to have a secret farmhouse where the heroes can rest and recover? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, mystery men. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Joss. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the Arrow crossovers does that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's the best part of Age of Ultron is just stolen from Literally this it shit. is. Yeah, no, you're specific, right. No, specifically Andy, what you're referring to is the the part where Chris Evans rips a log in half and that is the best part of Age of Ultron. Well, that's in the Yeah. Yeah, yeah Nicole yeah, had to yeah. buy a new chair Miss after me. that episode. <laughs> I'm not Adam Friedland like shitting on a chair. I didn't oh, say shit. I can I can yeah, control no, no, I know, but I can control myself. No you can't. Okay. No, you can't. We have an entire <laughs> channel. You. We have an entire <laughs> channel on the Discord server that we're in right now. That's like you thirsting over Chris Evans. It is, yeah. Well, it's a con- it's a containment zone. But anyways, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not contained. Pers- proceed, well. proceed with. So yeah, in, intrepid reporter April O'Neil and her like kind of like hapless tool boss, whose shitty kid is being groomed into the Foot Clan. This is like I went down to Japantown, and all the Japanese are telling me how there's this gang of ninjas stealing all of our radios. 
And this is a big story I need to report on. And the boss is like, nah, nah. And there's also the shitty angry cop. I love the the the, the, oh, like, yeah, the golden chief. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the unhelpful and un- the yeah, this I I like that this movie has like that attitude like just apathy towards cap yeah well characters first of all but like complete apathy towards cops like they're just like a bunch of slovenly like pigs yeah the cops are just not sit, or, sit around useful or helpful in this movie um, at, all. at all which which is surprising for something from 1990 that's at least halfway aimed at kids and adolescents yeah you would you, i'm actually really shocked this movie didn't start with winners don't do drugs uh, no, that, I, that's, I swear, my, my VHS copy, which was one of those like uh, red box clamshells when I was a kid, I think from like the first run of uh, the initial VHS release, I swear to God, it had some kind of PSA at the start of it. And I don't know if it was about oh, drugs or AIDS, but there's also a fun, <laughs> a fun yeah, winners, oh winners God, don't get a, AIDS. I, if there's a cut uh, of I this movie that I, opens I, with an AIDS disclaimer, I don't remember. I just I have this hazy memory. I think there's like a bas- like a Michael Jordan or some famous basketball so, player is like sitting down. God, that would be so funny to talk to the camera. I, mean, I might be getting several different memories mixed up, but I swear my copy of this movie started with some kind of PSA that was like very of, 1990. Hey kids, don't v- fuck a turtle. You might get AIDS. VHS copy from this movie. Fun little uh, legal thing is that you know how there's dominoes in this movie. Yes, but yeah. it was like most of the marketing was for was Pizza done by Hut. Pizza Hut. There, yeah, they yeah. had they Pizza Hut had an ad before this on the VHS. That's um, and then they order Domino's in the movie. That's really yes. funny. Yeah, that's a that's a failure of corporate synergy. You would they would never allow these days. No, yeah. so, well, that's just that's just fucking. It was the fast food wars back then. It was shit. Was it crazy. was. Speaking of sponsored food, have you guys, did you guys ever have the Batman calzone from Little Caesars? It was actually oh, really the good. one that was. No. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been to Little Caesars like once. I, I've seen the I've seen the pizza they did, like the Joker Batman pizza they did for like the eighty or the Batman. Oh yeah, that was a bit that someone made. Was, I think. Oh, that was fake. Okay, I fell for it. Yeah, Shit. the burnt like it had like a burnt. Like it was like a black pizza. Yeah, it was like a black pizza. With, I, like I, I am conjuring some some ancient memory of like a Batman logo shaped pizza. I thought it was like for Forever or Batman and Robin, maybe. I, I had a pizza for dinner tonight uh, to get in the mood. You know what kind of what kind oh, of yeah, pizza did you get? Oh, oh, I should I order pizza. pizza tonight. I want yeah, no, it's just pizza. a frozen for me. It's pretty good. It's just a bunch. We're just a bunch of fucking turtles. I'm unusually okay. flush with cash lately, and I might treat myself to a pizza. Can I get a pizza? And a TV. <laughs> can I, can um, I take the money out of the Patreon to buy a pizza? Those are those are two things that, like, our turtles love the most. They love TV, and they love pizza. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, they, they and they def- love, and they they love breaking out into weed. dance to tequila, which uh, that was, I think, oh, yeah, that they was do love to spontaneously I, like, dance. I, I, I paused and I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, it's great. It's a little quirky indie movie. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a little quirky indie movie, but that's based <laughs> like, you know, the you know, you know these nineties the Gen X teens. You know, they're always busting out dancing to the song from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, no. I'm trying to remember what else that, that song is in. Yeah. Oh, that song is in Baby Driver. <laughs> I've never uh, still never so seen anyway, that. Uh, the, 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 the continuing plot synopsis: uh, the turtles 
uh, April is mugged by the Foot Clan. The the head with the head thug of which played by Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah, baby Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. That's so weird. Oh my god. Yeah, he's in this movie. It's I I forgot. I legitimately did not recognize him as. as Oh, and and while I have it on my mind, we we cannot. uh, I don't think we've specifically said Elias. Elias Coteas plays. Casey Casey Jones about five or six years before he'd get his ass eaten by James Spader and Crash. So that's that was uh, as soon as I realized I he was in the movie, my mind just instantly went went towards that. I was like, oh, so, well, so yeah. no wonder he was into some freaky shit. He was anyway, having a bunch of fucking turtles. Uh, yeah, yeah, the they turtles, had huge turtle dicks. The turtles uh, yeah. save April. Uh, they break a light and they beat him up, and then. But yeah, but I pretty, pretty good in the scuffle. Pretty good intro scene. Also, I think a little reminiscent, and and but it was mid-production, so not intentionally, of how they introduced Batman in '89, where it's like they come in in shadow. You just kind of get a glimpse of them. Yeah, they yeah, smash it, that light, and everything sort of happens in shadow. Pretty good. This movie has a lot of similarities for being mid-production with both '89 and like the movies that followed '89 formula, like Blade, where it's okay. Uh, we're 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 past the origin, but. We're still in year one against the main antagonist. Uh, our main uh, our main point of view character is a human is a human lady who is getting dragged through this world. Um, the final villain of this movie is a uh, guy who has history because they killed or had a history with a parental figure that are of our main heroes. Like there's you know there's there's a I mean. Clear- Hell, Hellboy, the, the first Del Toro Hellboy movie, also uses it's 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 just a solid framing yeah. for this kind of movie. You got your your, exactly. your character that t- human character that kind of takes into the world. You, you're you're kind of like initial what five ten issue arc gives you like a plot a movie plot's worth of material and structure. Like it just makes a lot of sense. But uh, um, I love. So then they go back, and I. I have the goof off, and Raph leaves because he's pissed because he lost one of his size. Uh, he sad. lost his dagger. <laughs> and, and, and he also swears. So then he goes out to see a movie. He goes to see uh, Critters, which I believe one of the writers or something worked Yes! On. Yeah, I noticed yes, that, guys. Go to see Critters. I loved that scene, kind of, because, like, I, I, I noted this in my letterbox review, but it was also just because I, I was a big, like, Muppets kid growing up so like the the first thing that just they just all the turtles remind me of like big giant kermit yeah, the frogs and the trench coat, and, the, and the trench coat yeah it was just like oh he looks like kermy <laughs> i love i just first of all like i mean like a like um it is temporary superhero movie would never do something like that because your mind is like who's like this is obviously a fucking giant. Yeah, it is, it is funny. Just just, just a have a trench coat. coat and a fedora, and no one notices he's a turtle until he takes it, the hat off. Nobody's looking at him. Casey Jones says, "Like take off your green makeup." I wonder if that's a reference or something along to, those lines. Uh, I wonder if that's a reference to the thing. It's Fantastic it's Four because he, he was always... looking like Humphrey Bogart in that in that getup. But um, yeah, the thing was a thing. huge. But, yeah, he he would he would wear that fit when he anyway, got off. What's, so what's then, the deal with the things penis? Uh, we do, we don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll get to the Fantastic Four someday, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I saw the first movie, well, not the Roger Corman one. 
but I saw the first uh, Tim Story one in theaters as a kid. Um, I, I remember almost nothing from those movies. They're just kind of... They're not good. Yeah. No. We should do the Roger. You guys should do the Roger. That would, I think we've been, we, we've been we kicking that, that around since we started. Uh, it's as like better a, than you think it is, but it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so then they, they, they wrap... Uh, uh, stop some perch snatchers who are stealing all these purse. Uh, they run into the park because they're scared and get the shit kicked out of them by Casey Jones. He and Raph are like, "No, don't, don't fucking violently beat kids in vigilante justice." So they have a fight. Beat kids. Kids on the beat. Kids on the street. Beat kids. Beat kids. I, I, I this feels like a, like a. Shonen anime encounter. Uh, I guess you do it a lot in com- in Western comics. So you're just like the two two people are, yeah. who are going to be allies have a a rivalry and a fight when they first meet. That's Stan Lee shit right there. He invented that. It is. Like, it is. Oh, he did a little bit. He would. You got to have the guy, the two guys fight, and then come to a draw before you. And then uh, yeah, you never tell anyone he's stronger. Never do that. Exactly. Um, yeah. If they if they know that, they'll kill themselves. Yeah. Two queens fighting. <laughs> Yeah, just just a guy doming himself because Superman loses to Goku. No, you don't. You don't understand <laughs> that, that would be power scalers. That would game. actually be me. That that shit is life and death. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, you gotta be ready for that. So you then, be so ready then, to die then for that shit. Wrath throws a fucking hissy fit, runs past the taxi of the guy who's in his suit. Um, that's the the actor in the, in the anyway. Uh. Is the loudest scream in movie history. You see that shit from from fucking airplanes going to LaGuardia. I can could hear that. Um, goes back in the sewer, has pep talk from dad, being like, "Look, I understand you're angry, but you gotta you gotta let you gotta learn to change. You gotta go you home to your places." You. Oh, and and I think we skipped over before that. Uh, uh, Mikey and Donna. not Splinter. I always get their names. Yeah, Splinter. Yeah, I always you get and Andy confused both, because, both keep like, saying Shredder, like, Shredder like and Splinter interchangeably. Because they, they do. Trying. There are names that kind of have similar yeah, syllables but, uh, and evoke similar uh, uh, concepts of like tearing and piercing. <laughs> well, but but what tearing I was saying was as uh, earlier in the movie, like. One of the first scenes, actually, Splinter is like talking to the turtles, like, "Hey, I'm getting older. I'm not gonna be here forever. You guys are gonna have to fend for yourselves one day." Like, so that puts so there's this like real, uh, you know, sense of like mortality being hammered in to these giant walking turtles by this animatronic rat puppet. But it's it's treated so seriously, despite like the cartoony sound effects here and there. There's, there's a, a clear theme in this movie uh, about like founding family and learning to appreciate the family you have, uh, and uh, that's Found why family. all critics about family. Time shot on this movie and said it was about nothing. Uh, well, no, just, it's it's like pretty classic stuff for this this yeah, kind no, of movie. But uh, it is yeah, interesting the that like is doing the voice. It's like a forty on Rotten Tomato. The voice? The foot the foot plan is doing the Asian guy voice. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I, so I think we, we glossed to, uh, over that. We need to talk so, about the foot plan are racist. You wanna let So so you know 
you know, like Tatsu, who's like the big main bald Asian guy who's like managing all the kids. Yes. They're Temple of Dooming him. He cannot speak English at all. Oh, so it was like a like phonetically yeah, reading yeah, his lines. Amazing. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's okay. Oh, uh, it's like that that one actress in uh, Shin Godzilla. <laughs> also, Coles, now that since you brought up racism, do you want to talk about Black April now? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, April, so Black from what April. I understand, uh one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle creators was was getting some strange fruit. Kevin Eastman. Uh, yeah. He was, he had he a was black getting girlfriend. some he had a black girlfriend who was on his Ralph Box. So some of the drawings of April draw are kind of mixed. She has like, like a perm going on, like an eighties girl, and it, and it's she's she's white, but she's drawn kind of dark scene at times. Uh, I, I have no problem with Black April. I think if you do, like obviously a lot of people on Twitter rant and fucking rave like it's the end of the fucking world. But ooh, speaking of which, you guys, uh, this is an art. I just curiously searched April O'Neil black. And uh, first thing, this is an article from Cosmic Book News, the reputable website, Cosmic Book News. Headline, TMNT, April O'Neil is white, not black. Hollywood loves to replace characters with red hair, of which there can be no doubt. Woke Hollywood is back at it and has replaced another red-haired character with a POC. (laughs) Some people have real problems. Some countries have war. Uh, Matt McLowan. I I'll, I I get that I get that way I get that way over like two characters. It's it's, it's usually just Mary Jane. It's like Mary Jane has to be a redhead and white. The rest take it or leave it. Have they ever done that with uh, Jean Grey? Have they ever done Black Jean Grey? No, because I think that would actually cause. I think Black Jean Grey would cause a riot. I think that would get that would get. I would I would love to do that as like a bit, uh, and then get shot <laughs> uh, uh, black women can destroy universes too oh yeah okay so then so then the next day after the pep talk uh Raph, uh goes and uh t- tails a- april at the subway station um the, the foot clan try and kill her because she's she's reporting on it so Raph beats them up uh with the same face on the expression what i like to call the Mirage action face because that's the um, face they make a lot in the comics, and it's what the original action figures had. The turtles they all have that same sort of scowl. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, uh, it's great. Brings her back, uh, sh- to oh, yeah, she just, she just kind of faints because she's like, Holy shit, ninjas and a giant talking turtle, yeah. And well, and one of them just like slaps her and then like hits her on them, but it's not like back in this anyway. Um, take her back to the lair. Splinter tells her half of the backstory and saves the other half for later. And, and uh, that's where we get the adorable little rat puppet in, the, in his cage doing that the is, karate And then moves. the horrifying uh, the ba- st- baby stop motion turtle. Baby no, turtles. they're not even stop motion. They're just like horrifying. It's, I, I, I don't even know how to They look kind of stop them. motion to me. But they just, um, what is it? They, they just immediately start baby talking about like pizza. Yeah. Cowabunga, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I like the bit that they have in this movie where they keep trying uh, to, like, the turtles keep trying to come up with cornier one-liners with each other. Um, yeah, they, yeah, like they're actively, tr- like, riffing, uh, but in a way yeah. that feels in character, not like they're... Yeah, 
doing it for the audience. Mirage TMNT and a lot of like the Eastman, the, the stuff Laird worked on. And it's very clear that like, oh, he made them teenagers for one issue and then regretted it. Because a lot of times, a lot of incarnations treat the turtles like they're mostly in their early 20s instead, which works, but you know. Um, it's not like college, they're called the teenage ninja turtles. <laughs> Glad you're able to riff off that uh, very quickly. Um, and I mean, this is kind of where we, where the movie sort of goes. We we get kind of a series of action yeah. sequences. Uh, uh, well, Splinter first, is Splinter's captured. They're yeah. hiding out at April's house. There's a big siege and a standoff. Some honestly pretty pretty solid fight choreography for a. Uh, the, the resources this yeah, movie had yeah. the fact it's a bunch of guys in suits who can't see. So I mentioned it's pretty in decent. the comics that Leonardo got the shit kicked out of him when the Shredder came back. Uh, in this movie, they decided to make it rap instead, which I, I work better. And yeah, he, this, he's kind of the more more temperamental one. Given the production history, this movie is... It's right on the cusp. It was either oh, this or the comics that really, like was the first cat, like cat script can. thing to really cement the oh that's great um to, to, to cement the the right i'm Come a dog here, guy so let that know not judging uh cement the the wrath leo rivalry because it was it happened at the same time this movie script was written. yeah um and uh so so wrath gets his shit kicked it's very funny though to look at this movie of one wrath goes out in broad daylight and two the ninjas decide yeah, let's like jump an apartment complex oh. in New York in the middle of at like noon. That's a good time to do crimes. That's a broad good kitty. Sorry, Andy. That's Sorry. A big boy. This is Sammy. Sammy. Sammy's a big boy. Sammy's a big um, boy. And 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 uh, they throw him. And then after they beat the shit out of Raph, they throw him through like the the light roof on top. Um. Uh, break into the apartment, fight for a little bit. It's pretty fun. There's some corny sound effects in there, but it works. Well, that that's uh, the thing, right? Like it's it, it's oh. it's a movie that is sort of, and it's hard to explain. This is the thing I have trouble trying to articulate. Cause it, it's in some ways a subtle distinction where you've got um, an overly like we talked about this in our Logan episode with the Zack Snyder movies, um, where you. You kind of have these the this you've got this like on one hand you've got kind of the for lack of a better word soy Marvel thing where everything is sort of like like it's not really ironic it's just sort of got this like self consciousness about how silly it is where it, like it wants you to take it seriously but it's obvious the people making it kind of have contempt for the material and kind of feel like they need to disavow it even as they do it to give themselves permission to do it or enjoy it. And you've got like the, we have to elevate it and make it mature and dark in a way that kind of comes off just sort of a- adolescent. Um, By the in, way, in it's um, in its attempt to be adult. I'm and, assuming Cole's brought it up in, I also learned on an episode, I remember he referenced it. I am on your side of, I don't really like BBS that much. I know Cole likes that movie. Anyway, continue. Um, and then like, so this kind of thing is kind of, comes up because it's not like it's like taking itself seriously but it's not embarrassed of itself it, it's it's just kind of like 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 play, like it, it's it's playing it straight but not without the basic self-awareness of like what it is and what it's 
I don't, oh, I don't no. it's like a so, weird yeah, thing to try before, and it's like explain before, like it's it's like i'm i don't know like you can't really blame it's like, like it knows it's corny but it's distancing it it, it, it knows it it's it, it knows that it's corny yeah. and a bit silly but it's not trying to uh distance itself from that or elevate or or like it, it has it doesn't have like pretensions or like weird self-effacement about it and it's just like it's a corny silly movie about turtles and we're gonna have some real emotional stakes and it just is what it is a lot um, and, of this um was because this movie also had three editors, one of which is Sally Menke. Yes, uh, for Quentin Tarantino. And yeah, did yeah, she so got fired off, off Yeah, the she production? did the editing for Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bills, uh, Death Proof, and Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, hell of a, oh, yeah, that's, that's coming off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Jeez. movie. That's a good trajectory. <laughs> that's a good fucking She, she secured her bag there. after they let her go. Uh, I think she might have done one or two things in between. I was just going over the Tarantino stuff because that's the important. Yeah, she did a few things in between this and Reservoir Dogs. Uh, anyway, so um, then they 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 fall through the floorboards because they keep getting cut with foot. Quentin keeps cutting them with axes. Um, they land on the first floor. Tatsu and a bunch of the other like ninja guys, uh, Foot Clan members are. Uh, attacking them. They start losing bad. But in comes through the savior of the day, Casey Jones, who gets them up. However, there's then an electrical problem because the wiring in the apartment's bad because it's it's a shitty building in 80s New York. It's, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, not up to code. And, yeah, yeah, the whole, uh, whole, yeah, whole building. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty solid set piece fight for the, the turning the midpoint of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid soundtrack. Um, um, it's just a generally like well, yeah. It's not like a movie. It's like oh, you've got to go watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies last time. But it's just like just consistently solidly well crafted and yes, very very <laughs> professional. Like a lot of the sets remind me a lot of like the Warriors and other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it is that like it has yeah, a it, a little bit of gr- grit to it, just in a visual uh, sense texture. The sets in this movie, I feel like, are what like. Miller's Daredevil run Imagine Hell's Kitchen to look like. This is fucking raw! Where it's it's cartoony a little bit, but very, like, it's it's an exaggerated sort of gritty. Yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, totally. That's yeah. what's completely missing from this slot of, like, contemporary Marvel movies. Um, just like that, like, one of the things we constantly touch upon... Uh, one of the like particularly as it relates to like our big thesis for the show which is that 9-11 ruined superhero movies because uh, like there's just like there has to be like a air of realism to everything now in a way that like the you know pre-iron man uh specifically like especially your pre-9-11 like your batman 89 this where they were they completely embraced the cartoony, like fictitious, elevated nature and incorporated that into like the style itself without that need to like remove itself or, you know, constantly lampshading itself. Like, oh, this is very silly, isn't it? Like that self aggrandizing. Well, lampshading. Sort of that's, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. It's, it's not that things aren't self aware or nor they're silly or, or corny. It's 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 the it's that need to like 
really obviously explicitly acknowledge it so the audience is like yeah i'm smart and me and the writer both know how silly this is and now we need to yeah. do that to give ourselves permission to enjoy it um, um but uh so yeah i'm then, sick of lampshades so they, they drive to uh not new hampshire as north carolina uh and then we get my my favorite shot in this fucking movie which is so raf's still unconscious after like an eight hour drive or plus uh, and they just throw him into a fucking disconnected bathtub. Yeah, and it's it just is in a bathtub, like, curled up in a long. fetal position. I guess and when at one point, Abel's just, shell. like, dripping water onto him because turtles yeah, no, need water. Yeah, he's out for a while, and it's and then it's it's a bunch of, like, little vignettes of us, of the turtles kind of healing and just, like, taking, taking some time on to recuperate. Yeah, uh, this is also, where we just kind of uh, 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 hit the apex point with our little character arcs and everybody gets to know each other and resolves to fight the big battle and kind of hangs out around. I just kind of like the chilling out at the farmhouse, getting the old truck going. Just It's a, it's yeah. a nice kind of a- atmosphere and uh, it, Again, a little bit of a hangout mode for a few minutes. Whole hog stole it for another movie. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, oh, and then they have the... Um, they, they, they all kind of have like a, 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 a prayer seance around a campfire and they get like a force ghost vision of Splinter telling him how proud he is of them. And that they, they are ready to... And they, they've learned and they, the value of family and, and cooperation. And uh, meanwhile, back in New York, Splinter's getting his fucking ass beat, man. He's, yes, he's, he's changed, changed, changed to a, a wall and tortured. <laughs> it's like... It's uh, pretty brutal. They're like doing yeah. some... That's like... I maybe also, aside from like Miss they're, Piggy they're doing, karate chopping Kermit, that's like the most like fucked up I've seen yeah, a they're, Muppet. They're doing Gitmo shit to that puppet. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and then... And also, uh, while that's happening, I also like... After Shredder comes back, he's like, what the fuck do you mean you lost? How did they get away? Uh, and then Topsy In goes, a car. because he, his boss is mad at him, he, like, knocks out one of the kids, and there's, like, an immediate vibe of, like, what the fuck do we do? We can't totally check into a hospital? Like, what? This is not going great. Yeah, like, dude, when, when a bunch of the kids start realizing, like, oh, this, this, this might suck. This might not just be all... Uh, uh, stealing TVs and playing narc and skateboarding. And smoking. Don't forget about smoking. Um, oh, yeah, there's like the, oh, yeah, the one shot of like the 10-year-old kid like shooting pool with a cigar in his mouth. That's I totally, oh, I totally missed that. That's hysterical. <laughs> that, yeah. That's some shit that I would be on as a 15, or as a 10-year-old. No, it's, it's yeah. So then uh, the turtles after their vision Oh, also, meanwhile, we get some nice, like, flirting and banter between Casey and April in the farm. It's charming. Uh, They they have genuine chemistry in it, and it goes a long way because they don't really have that much actual screen time together. Yeah, and they they replace April in the second movie and uh, cut Casey entirely. He's in the third movie, but he's really, he basically just has to be. So, so in the third movie, they time travel and go back to ancient Japan. Uh, but they like oh swap places with some actual Jap- Japanese samurai, so he just has to like babysit them in modern day and does nothing. And the third movie fucking sucks. It's the third movie is worse than any movie you have talked about on the podcast so far. Man, that's uh, that's pretty bad. We talked would about much some shitty movies. Store two again over fucking TMNT three. Okay, let me let me give you a picture. Okay, 
characters in the movie say and then act out the line, it's wet willy time. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's when you like suck on someone's like finger or your own and then stick it yeah, in the air. You, yeah, you stick it in it's, it's a really awful feeling. And then feeling. they sing, and then two turtles each stick a finger into a guy's ear. In that, and it's, it's oh, that movie sucks. It's I've had those I've had those done to me uh, once or twice in my Was it life, by your little sister. No, no, she wasn't that type. She, was, she, she, my little sister would, would be like, um, this is the story my grandma always tells, just sitting in the car next to me and going, Ty, give me your arm. Ty, give me your arm. So that she could give me a snake bite. Like where you turn or an bird, they call it. Now that's probably, that's, I just can't say that anymore. But that's uh, the, you're canceled. That was the only other term I could think of for it. Yeah, you, the, you probably said the worst things out of all. You're, you're, of get, us you're, you're fired. From oh, I the usually do. You co-founded. Damn, that's crazy. We have an episode with Cole, and you're saying the worst stuff too. That's yeah. They have uh, a whole anyway. episode about the racist uh, Family Guy casino episode. So don't worry. I, well, no, I'm I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest one here. Therefore, I'm the the most racist and out of touch. Which was the style at the time. Uh, so then the turtles go back to New York. Uh, Danny's in the lair. He goes to, to, to meet up with Splinter because he, he feels guilty and wants answers. Splinter tells him how uh, he used to live with a human owner, uh, but then the Shredder fucking killed him. So he, he was an orphan. Instead. Uh, and the other folk figure out where the turtles are. They go to ambush them. Also, Casey's sleeping in the car because he makes a claustrophobia joke that I think is supposed to imply be a gay joke but i'm not sure because oh yeah yeah no yes yeah someone says something about him being claustrophobic he's like i don't like dudes yeah that's a really weird that's a really I, like that's I, I think that's it's it's a he's he's dumb and illiterate joke more than it yeah, is I mean, a homophobic joke in and of itself if you're if, if i mean to be fair 80s new yorker vigilantes are probably the exact like market for dumb right-wing shithead um so then, so then they have a fun fight scene in the Casey Jones has probably they, said the. Ca- ca- I don't. I think I think Casey Jones is is a, a left wing anarchist. I think he's a lot like Gritty. I think he's an icon there's, there's of the pod, The podcast is now over. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even bring myself to follow through on that riff. I already Thank just feel you. queasy and awful. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, if I if I said that on the podcast, Spencer and Ty would already have the clubs out and start hitting. <laughs> uh, That's the benefit of seniority. So then they, they have a fight. They end up on the roof because they keep beating up the, the the go go from like the roof to New York City's city level or street level, then end up on rooftop. And then we get to the Shredder fight, which is pretty good. Um, they they fight him one by one. Oh, also, Casey beats the shit out of Katsu, and then all of them go back to uh, where the turtles are. I, I like that you know the name of like the main henchman because I certainly certainly they don't. Do I don't think they say it in this movie. I think it's like in like because there is a comic adaptation of this, and they might say it in there. It might be in some of the video games he's in, but yeah, it's it's definitely his name is not in that movie. Uh, it, well, it might be, but anyway. Um, so they so so. They fight and then they get their asses kicked by Shredder, and then and and then they fight them all at once and they still get their asses kicked at Shredder. But uh, he gets Shredder doesn't fight with his claws in this movie. He uses a spear, I imagine, because that's kind of impractical in live action with like the suit setup they have. Oh, um, maybe yeah. 
So they give him like a cool. So decent. The, the Shredder costume's pretty pretty oh, solid. It's great. I think, though I like the purple. It it really works. So that yeah, then then he gets Leonardo at speed point. The turtles throw away their weapons. One of Mikey's uh, nunchucks lands on a ladder. That's important. I mean, I mean, he's about to kill Leonardo, but then boom, Dad shows up. Splinter's on the roof. Yay! And he's he's, he's like, very haggard that, looking. Yeah, and he has a he conversation does, he looks like with <laughs> no Riz. It's great. And he has a None he tells, uh, Shredder who he is. And Shredder takes his mask off, and there's a big fucking scar from a pre mutated Splinter bit him. Uh, yeah, and uh, charges at him with the spear. He hates that rat. Uh, Splinter grabs the nunchuck that Mikey left behind, flips him over so he is hanging over the roof somehow. It's it's insane. And yeah, this like <laughs> decrepit old rat is just holding this armored big guy up by the spear. <laughs> decrepit rat of unusual size that really looks like it's just been like dunked into a toilet a few times. Like he's got that oh, energy. Dude. Like he's been Guantanamo for the past uh, like and, week. And 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 Splinter and Shredder while he's being held up throws a knife at Splinter while he's monologuing. Splinter catches it, drops him, falls into a trash can. Yes. Well, or a, a dumpster. Tra- and yeah. no, uh, no, it's like a, a, a truck, a garbage it's truck. A truck. Like a truck. It is a truck. Because it's and, got the compactor. Yeah, Casey goes, whoops, and activates the fucking crash compactor, kills oh. Shredder. And he's alive in the second movie. And then at the end of the action sequence at the end of the set. No, it's not worms. It's oh. just, he just, he just, there's just you see an arm an arm come out of the garbage implying that he survived it. Um, he has a stupid, like his helmet is similar costume, but he has a much bigger, more open helmet. I don't like that in his suit in the second movie. It's not terrible. Uh, but anyway, the end of the second movie after surviving uh, a garbage compactor at the end of the second movie, he drinks a bunch of the mutagen and becomes super shredder. And he's big and terrifying and he's shot in the dark and he chases the turtles along a dark uh, a dock on Coney Island, and then he gets crushed by a dock, and that's and crushed by it, and, and that's, that's how he dies. Wait, and he gets crushed wood. by a dock? That's lame. That's lame. Yeah, nothing lame. beats getting and crushed to death. Him and, in a him and garbage industrial truck. equipment don't really go fucking. Well. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't. he should stay in the away from that series, stuff. He, gets a he water, should. Uh, he, water he, should on. he should. He uh, should fucking. Yeah. Not be around to harbor free. And uh, Danny is reunited with his father. And the last, like, one liner in the movie is Splinter saying Cowabunga, which I, I quite like. And then the credits roll, and then there's the ninja rat uh, by it's, Partners it's, in Crime. With oh, Partners in oh, Crime. I, I, oh, okay. oh, it wasn't the MC Hammer. When were, where was the no, MC that's Hammer early. song featured? Uh, that's, that's when you see the footlayer for the first time. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And, okay, uh, so that's yeah. when it's hammer time. And uh, I really like this movie. I, I think this like, fun. It's, it's cute. Because I really like the Mirage comics. I think, better. I think in a lot of ways, because the O3 series that Peter Laird also worked on and was made by 4Kids Entertainment, uh, it's crazy to think there are Zoomers who might be listening to this podcast who don't know what 4Kids is. Oh, um, no. I think they know. I think well, they know. Well, they, like yeah, the Ninja Turtles, there's, there's kids and there's four of them. Uh, <laughs> Um, so they, uh, and, and they adapt some of the Mirage stories. And I kind of think 
you could argue they do those best. But I still really like this movie. It's a really good. It's 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 just solidly crafted throughout, and that makes something that might otherwise be kind of unappealing or hard to watch enjoyable. Like a good like hangover movie, airplane movie. Or you know, you've got to entertain a, a nephew or something. Throw yeah. it on. I I, yeah, I no, this, appreciated it more I, than anything. Like just especially because I'm I'm comparing it to the, the slop we have to watch for our podcast, where it's just like oh yeah, it's, it's two got and a half nice, hours of someone standing like in front of a green screen, and like this was I don't think we mentioned it on air, but this was like one of the la- like the last theatrical project Jim Henson worked on before he died. Yes. Like the movie came yeah. out a, not the, like a month and a half project. after or before he died. Technically dinosaurs came out after this. And that was the yeah. last thing that had his name on it. Yeah, like just and end to end it just has craftsmanship, cinematography, yeah. sets, and animatronics even when, and costumes. Like, when you can see like the lower <laughs> the budget, show. like there are some very obvious like matte backdrops. Like it's still like you like movies of this like are like you're we're not gonna get another Ninja Turtles movie where they're like guys in suits. That's not yeah. happening anytime soon. And like no, yeah, they're, they're, it's, they're gonna it's be kind of like computer generated void freaks to, to look at, least- at. And sometimes if the the guys in the suits open their mouths too big, you can actually see the the like actors like face yeah. in there, and that's kind of horrifying. But it's like. Yeah. It's, it's there's a substance and it's it's tactile and you can look at it and appreciate the craft and not think about all of the poor underpaid and overworked like VFX artists in like Singapore yeah. being like abused. Uh, we're actually getting the next theatrical Turtles reboot because the, yeah. the last one was 2016. It's fully animated. It's going for kind of the Spider Verse technique, but it looks very yeah, different. It's, it's, it's firmly now at Nickelodeon. For... I think it's now firmly like yeah, a well, Nickelodeon been, IP. Viacom bought them out in like twenty, and it's been a Nickelodeon IP since the the buyout in '09. But yeah, mm-hmm. they've done an okay job. You know, I, I mean, as I, worse. as I said earlier, like I, I clocked a lot of sort of the. Um, like youth culture that like this movie depicts as being very like in hand with that like you know Nickelodeon kids mindset of like the late eighties the early nineties uh, so it 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 makes a lot of sense that um, the Ninja Turtles have ca- found like a a second wave to their career through like there's a, a cg series from a few years ago that seemed yeah, that okay that my, uh, my oldest nephew was was pretty into he yeah it's funny because like my older sister and my nephews really like the teenage mutant ninja turtles but just kind of skipped over me yeah, yeah. Uh, um, i mean obviously I, I didn't, again i'm a lady so i never got into it as a child i, I was busy watching like sailor moon and powerpuff girls which it wasn't really but, in the zeitgeist in like the late 90s early 2000s that much i mean there was a little that bit not as cg maybe like oh four yeah. or six or that, something that, like. that, that, uh, the o3 show did get seven seasons uh, yeah oh, wow. yeah you're forgetting that but, but uh, it was... yeah. cole you you finished this movie literally right before we started recording <laughs> literally oh yeah we haven't had a lot of you in the episode yeah, no, I've just been letting you guys cook, you know. You're thinking about the, the reason you're in jail. I'm thinking, well, that and uh, yeah, the uh, I also, 
even though I saw some of the cartoon, I don't really have a lot of background with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was never really, really my scene. I was a Power Rangers kid, so once we get to Power Rangers twenty seventeen, oh yeah, I was I was really into Power I'll, Rangers. I'll come the twenty seventeen. It's going to be a four hour back. episode. <laughs> Um, but uh, and it's yeah, just like, going to be us getting mad. What did you think of this movie on the whole? Just this was of- a this was a enjoyable flip, you know. It is. It was perfectly. It was like Logan. It was perfectly okay. If it came on, I wouldn't turn it off. See, I, I, I think I it's probably a, enjoyed this more than Logan. But oh, I also I also did. I would give it around uh, the similar I, range I, of scores. I liked Logan more just because it was like you know like in a. Like I, I know roller eyes, but it was more like an adult thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I will, I will take uh, uh, guys ripping people's like throats out and having bloody over kind of like a goofy kids fight. I mean, like, it's, I, really but, like... Like, it's a solid three stars. Heart. Like this is the kind of movie I would like love to put on if I'm like babysitting. Some, yeah, like, exactly. Some kids. Yeah. Like it's a, it's not like a. I'm watching a Minions movie where I'm just like the entire time thinking about different ways to like stab myself in the jugular and die as quickly as possible. I, I think that's a good way of putting it because in, in like letterbox terms is like you, you've got like a three <laughs> star. You've you've got a three star movie and then the three star and the and the heart. I liked it movie. Honestly, yeah. and I said this about right, and I, this is I the three star with the heart. I, I I like that. I think of them roughly equal in terms of overall, but honestly, if you put this, uh, a DVD copy of this next to a copy of 89, I'm taking this over that. Oh, well, uh, I have, I, that's how I watched uh, my, uh, that's how I watched it. I got a, I picked up a copy of this movie, a DVD copy at like one of my local thrift stores as a, uh, a Yankee swap. Uh, I hosted a Christmas party and the theme was we're, we're giving ourselves, we're giving each of us uh the cringiest things we could find. So I like picked up like that. There was like a, a Minions mug, uh, a Lola Bunny uh, space jersey, uh, Space Jam jersey. <laughs> yeah, that was that. That one went. Nineties like, Lola Bunny, Bunny or the or the, or the desexed uh, recent one. Uh well, it's the same same uniform. Or, I or think, the, but... the middle. Oh. Uh, Looney Tunes show. Oh, it's not like a picture. I just, I, no, I just it was like a giant like a picture jersey. of her on it or something. Um, but anyway. yeah, so I, I watched it on DVD. So yeah, Andy, if you want, I can mail you my copy. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Uh, thank you for uh, letting me fucking uh, go off on this franchise. Uh, for, oh, no, it was our, it was our pleasure. Time. Thank you for coming. It was, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was no. really fun coming on. It's really nice being um, able to talk about this. Do we even I, need to I plug Andy's I, podcast? <laughs> Well, before plug, I just want to say one. Like, I think of uh, Ninja Turtles and Transformers in very similar ways in that they're both, like, the 80s toyetic franchise that, like, got to live. Because, like, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, and He-Man get, like, pulled out every once in a while. But they are still, like, 80s nostalgia things, even if there's been reboots in between them and the 80s thing. It is, it is strictly that. Whereas Turtles Which is upsetting, because G.I. Joe is fantastic. Like yeah, I know. Comics. There's a lot of the Marvel comics from back in there, right? Um, I, or at least what I've heard. Um, but what I, what I was going to say is that, like, the reason why I bring that up is that, like, I feel like I'm surrounded much more by Transformers fans than Turtles fans. So it's, it's good to have a yeah, place to no, have the, the Transformers them. autism is strong, especially on Twitter. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's good to be able to, to vamp about this stuff because it's really fun. Um, and, yeah, 
go, oh, you know what you can plug? Because obviously, go listen to those good old-fashioned Yeah, podcasts. please. It's a great podcast. podcast. It's really but funny. But also, go listen to... Uh, my schedule's going to be kind of weird when this episode goes live, so I won't be doing it super consistently. But uh, go check out... Uh, my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash anonkaiju, all one word lowercase. Um, I stream, try to stream twice a week, one midweek stream, uh, Tuesday through Thursday, and then one stream either Saturday or Sunday, usually Saturday, but it depends on work. Um, I mostly stream retro bullshit, but, I, you know. It's- I sometimes show up on those as well. Yeah, you yeah. do. And sometimes I show up on cold streams. I, I have appeared dangerous. both those places at times uh, also. Yes, yes. Uh, is there any... Um, uh, we like this movie. I'm not really to do a, a watch something else. Uh, yeah. Although yeah, yeah. It's not a watch something else called... You know, no, I, 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 th- I know I've mentioned this before, but I mean, same year, Darkman. Fine. If you want to do a, a superhero adjacent with, movie. If you want to do a double feature with this, The Warriors would probably kick ass. Oh, great movie! I need to rewatch that. Um, Not my favorite. Hill, I don't think I've seen uh, My favorite hill is uh, Streets of Fire. I fucking love that. I movie. need to watch that at some point. I watched, I, I watched Switchblade this. Sisters the other day. And that was that's a Jack Hill. No, Jack Walter Hill or Jack Hill. Oh Jerry no, okay. Walter. I'm ex- excuse me. All right. Anyways, I'll. If I recommend something, I'll fired from the podcast. And hopefully, I'll be on canceled relatively soon. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're 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 totally welcome to come back. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, Oh, also, RIP Cole's account. RIP. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, (laughs) thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. uh, if you'd like to th- throw some money our way, get some bonus episodes, uh, Discord exclusive uh, watch parties and events, uh, patreon.com backslash Marvelous Death. Um, and also, you know, uh, rate review on your preferred podcast distributing thing. Uh Follow us on Twitter at Marvelous Death. Uh, you know, you know just, just give us free promotion yeah. and money. Yeah, and um, it's the least you can do. Especially money. Yeah, let's thank our patrons. So thank you to Owen Pritchard, Clyde, Jordan Marsh, Sean Burns, Jean Paul, Tank Buster, Jack Donald, uh, Jack, who uh, has won the uh, first patron. Oh, yeah, the. Uh, raffle. Fucking Jack. Fucking Jack. Um, I'm going to fucking blow up your house. <laughs> Every time we say Jack, we're going to have to use that clip, but uh, we're going to be watching uh, Valerian or the, what's the full fucking title of the movie? The, with fucking Dane DeHaan and Kara. Yeah, Kara, De- two of the worst actors we've watched on this show so far. So city fuck you, Jack. Thank you, yeah. Or something. Uh, How can a city have I'm, planets? I'm so excited. <laughs> and thank you to Genevieve, Saltem Bank, Ronnie, Violet, Joshua Jenkins, and Stephen Francisco Santana. Uh, we're going to use your money uh, to either buy Cole a new mic or a, a webcam or send Stu to the Rainforest Cafe. Or both. Or all of those things if or you give us enough. Or all of those things. Uh, or, or, and if you feel, feel bad and want to show your support to Cole, you should do that by giving us your money. <laughs>
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. I was struck down in my program. It's the worst time to be struck down. It really is. All right. Thanks, and everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys. Um, catch us again in. I think this is going to be like a, a free bonus, so there should be yeah. another episode out the week after this comes out. Um, Something like that. Uh, see you again soon. Bye-bye. 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 Man, it's totally different. It's a totally different game. One of your co-hosts isn't your editor and... That changes things a lot because they can't yell at you bid for court. Yeah, no, we're we're in like a little game grub setup. No, Miguel is at our mercy at all times. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. What the hell is going on? Believe us. No, you stay here. I'm in charge. Do you feel in charge? small fortune. And this gives you power over me? What is this? Turtle penis in my anus, turtle penis in my anus, turtle penis in my anus, semen in my colon. Which was the style at the time? <laughs>